No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live anywhere on the interweb, including Nevada, welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I am in the host chair, but I'm not just Dave Manuk. I see Dave today. I am your honorable premier for the day. The power has gone straight to my head, Ezzy. So I am the honorable premier, Dave Manuk. For those who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about, I woke up to the news uh, on Twitter today that I had been given the power of premier for the day. And I had very, very simple um, platform as I, I, I don't like to, I didn't want to yield my power too strongly on day, day one, which coincidentally is my only day in power. So I, I, I limited it to fixing the roads, synchronizing the lights and taking control, full control of the kill button on Drew's mouse. So it would be the Ginsburg Manuk experience. And, uh, that's what I did. As folks can see, I at least made one of those things take place as because there ain't no drew. It's yeah. you. It's me. It's the folks in the chat. So one of the three, I'm, I'm a better politician than most politicians. Cause I made at least one of my campaign promises come true. <laughs> Good evening, Ezzy, And welcome to the legal Compose game show following the jets three, two win over the ducks. Uh, Let's let's we don't we'll, we'll get into the game after. But what do you have to say about my my day one of my rule? Well, I'm just you know I I'm really I'm I'm humbled to be in your presence the the presence of of royalty here. So you know that Dave that I would always vote for you or I I would always be your uh, campaign manager if you ever do decide to go into politics. Yeah, it's pretty funny, eh? Like I didn't even know that that was a thing <laughs> that there was a you know premier for a day. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty funny. First day of spring as well, right? So you're the you're not only are you the premier of Manitoba, you're the premier of spring, Dave. So pretty awesome. And you know, you didn't mention that one of your campaign promises was a Jets win, and that's what they delivered. The only thing that we didn't get, I mean, obviously the Jets are now six points up on the Flames, so they have some breathing room. Yeah, still four points up on the Predators. Really, I think it's five. Pardon me, five. Crazy to believe that you know during the game the Predators momentarily. We're three points um, behind the Jets, but they obviously, mm -hmm. you know, get, get with the three games in hand, Desi. Three games in hand, right? For the Predators, not the Jets. You know that, just so the people watching know that. But I mean, for me, Dave, it was always the Flames that were going to present the biggest challenge. But as it stands now, I mean, it might be the Predators, but uh, with six games, pardon me, with six points behind, I mean, that's going to be really hard for the Flames to to come back and yeah. you know close that gap with the Jets. So this is a big win. I mean. The, the game definitely did not have a playoff atmosphere. There were, as you tweeted, Dave, a lot of empty seats at Honda Center. It seemed like half the building was Jets fans. Every time the Jets scored, they got a big ovation, right? So the only thing I was going to mention earlier that the Jets didn't get was a power play goal. Yeah, so, 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 you know, the power play is now, what is it, 0 for 21, uh, you know, in the last seven games. But, you know, they get the win. And, it, you know, it wasn't pretty. And the winning goal wasn't pretty. But who cares? You got the two points. You're six up on Calgary, five on, five up on on Nashville, and really that's all that matters, right? Well, you know, look, we know that uh, Anaheim had nothing to play for. They're they're one of those definitions of a loose team, Ezzy. But at the same time, you still have to win these games, and you still have to, 
you know, play the right way. And and the Jets really did for the most part. I mean, they controlled the puck. They controlled the, I mean, the ozone time was double. The shots were double. You know, the advanced stats were primarily double. I mean, the Jets really did control it. And you've got to give credit to net minding, of course, because that's one of the things. And we thought it would be John Gibson to the rescue. But, you know, he gets a rare night off in Anaheim because, uh, which you don't see very often. But the Jets really did, you know, they, they, they allowed Anaheim to get into it because they couldn't open things up. And, you know, they were victims of some overpassing, some overthinking again, uh, you know, seems to be symptomatic of the Jets. And as you said, as the powerless power play continues to be a bit of a bugaboo for these Winnipeg Jets and something that they're going to need to take care of because, you know, I mean, look, eventually it's going to go in, but Rick Bonus seems intent on, on, you know, you know, continuing to, make some minor tweaks, but this thing couldn't need some sort of major overhaul. I, we saw from the folks who were, who were in the, um, who were there, Weber and, and Murad, I think Murad might've tweeted that Brad Lauer is with the team. So that's good news from, uh, from his perspective and from the team's perspective, because of course he's, he's in charge of the power play, but you know, really what today as for me, at least it was all about that, the Appleton line and Mason Appleton and Adam Lowry and Adam Lowry, I mean, fitting, right? I mean, how how impactful was he throughout the course of this game? The penalty kill was big. You know, he had that big, you know, uh, what it turned out to be the game-winning goal. But the play at the end of the game, that's as big to me as, as the game-winning goal because he's sacrificing and, and doing what it needs to do to get that puck out of the Jets' end and not allow, you know, Anaheim to set up. And that, that to me, is just as important as obviously getting the game-winning goal. Yeah, arguably Appleton's best game of the year. Uh, huge goal was good when he's on the PK, as he always is. Lowry, I mean, scores the tying goal against Nashville last weekend, winning goal tonight. That line has been huge. And, you know, it's not like, you know, the Jets were getting a lot of chances, but it's not like, you know, this was a, you know, a dominant performance, right? Like the Ducks are, as you mentioned, Dave, second worst team, I believe, in the league or third worst team in the league. They don't have a lot to play for. They're just... 100 and, I see, 104 goal differential, minus, minus 104. Right, and we knew the Ducks were going to be bad, and you know the way it's played out, right? Like a team like the Coyotes, who the Jets obviously recently played, um, you know they've started to win games, right? So you know they've pulled away from the Ducks, uh, and you know aside from you know Trevor Zegris and you know Troy Terry, uh, a few other players, right? Like Mason McTavish, he's a really good player. Ryan Strom, I would throw in there, and, and yeah, you've got a few good you know defensemen back there. Cam Fowler obviously who scored a goal. I mean, he's still a really good defenseman, um, but you know, it's just, it's one of the worst teams in the league. They're exactly where, you know, you thought they were going to be. I mean, we didn't know exactly, but you, you knew they were going to be something like 29, 31st, something like that. Right. Yeah. And you know, the jets for the most part controlled the play. Like the ducks really only came alive in the third period. Right. And they made it interesting, right? Like they, they pulled Dostal and, Vladislav Nemestikov looked like he had the empty net goal, but he pulled the old Patrick Stefan, right? So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the kind I think the score flattered the Ducks. Yeah. You know, in this so. game, the Jets could have had four or five goals. You know, you remember Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, you know, barreling through the middle of the ice, had a really good chance. Dostal stopped him. I thought that was maybe Dubois' best game since returning from his latest injury. Um, but you're absolutely right. You got to love Mason Appleton's game. It's only his third goal of the season. And obviously he missed a lot of games, but yeah, I just I just loved what he was doing all over the ice. And and that was a workmanlike game for the Jets. Like it wasn't perfect. And we talked about it. Like, you know, you'd like to score a power play goal, or you'd like you'd like it to be a little bit more of a convincing win, Dave. 
Mm -hmm. but um, you'll take it. And really, if you think about it, that is probably, you know, up until this point in the season, you know, one of the most important wins of the year, because, you know, you don't want to be in a position where, you know, Nashville's got the games in hand and they're only three points back. Right. And then you wanted to take advantage of Calgary losing um, as well, right to Vegas. So it's a big win. And again, you know, like you, you would like to see, you know, maybe a little bit more goal scoring, like I said, but uh, I think the Jets will be happy with, with getting the two points. And the next big challenge is obviously coming up on Saturday because the Kings are a really good team. They might end up winning the division, um, you know, and it's, it's going to present a much different challenge. Well, and, and, you know, as the Kings and uh, we say hello to Wonk, who's in Argentina. Oh, sorry. I missed. That was the wrong one. As I was putting up the, that was the second comment, but his first one was it's almost 2 AM in Argentina. So I, in Argentina, I would no longer be the mayor. I mean, the premier, sorry. I've got five more minutes here. Unless I just don't relinquish power. Maybe I just retain it. But no, I'm, I mean, I, I'm in charge. I want to make sure that we have an honorable transition to the next premier for a day. So I will not. Yeah, uh, Dave, you're not the premier of Argentina. I don't think. I mean, maybe, no. maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe we're not aware of that Twitter account, but I didn't see them tagging you. So no, that would be, yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe if I just keep moving to different roles, like instead of being premier, maybe I'll be mayor of Brandon next tomorrow and then mayor of like Bissette or, or something like that. We'll see. But uh, look, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of that workman like app you know, effort you want to see from the jets. And again, you know, Kyle Connor gets off the schnee and we'll talk about that in a bit, but like you could see the relief on his face as he, I mean, it was, it was, it was quite evident through the television, how, how much relief he was feeling for being able to finally score his first goal in a, in a while. And I, I jokingly said, it's going to take, you know, him shaving off that mustache in order to him to finally get something going here. But, you know, he saved his mustache. They didn't have to sacrifice a chicken. Two of three Cla- goals were mustaches. Appleton's got a good stash as well. That, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if there's some sort of Movember in, uh, in uh, what month are we in March? But, uh, but anyways, what was the one you were doing as what was the one you did with the what was the beard one? Uh, that was Mo- that was uh, that no. was the Festival de Voyager. Yeah, uh, what was it called again? It was like the media like mustache growing or no, sorry, beard growing competition. Well, what was it? Wasn't a name for it? Beard growing right now, actually. I mean, you can that's what made me think of it. Actually, that's yeah, I know that's what made me think of it. I'm probably going to get a haircut pretty soon, though. So I I hate to disappoint anybody who thought I was going to grow a, a ZZ Top style beard, but yeah, that was fun back in the day. Uh, there were, there were some crazy beards. Like I thought I had a pretty decent beard, but then there was this one guy, I forget his name might've been Warren actually. Uh, and he, he had like the longest beard and he was actually putting like candies in his beard. <laughs> like so. Peter Griffin style. <laughs> Ooh, as, as had to hit the, had, had to hit the cough button a little bit, but, uh, yeah, the, the, that mustache, I hope it doesn't go anywhere. Cause Connor's got a great mustache to go along with the great flow. There you go. There you go. Well, as we should get into this thing called the Betway Game Recap, and I will uh, read that thing right now, Ezzy, because it's time for the Betway Game Recap, which is brought to you, not surprisingly, by our friends at Betway. One of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world, Betway is a sports betting app, Ezzy, that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options in sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please, Ezra, Ezra, please play responsibly. And well, Craig Penner is confirming that his name was Warren, my old union rep. Good guy. Uh, really funny guy. So, Craig, thank you for, for backing me up there. He also uh, 
I remember running into him. He was working at a restaurant. I think it was called 1948. You know that restaurant in, in Wolseley? It was like that old school. I don't think it's open anymore. Anyways, good guy, Warren. One of the best beards of all time. Let's get into it, Dave. I know. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to enjoy the last few minutes here, Ezra. Of my of the power I have, I'm wielding that power. I want to go to Comet Street and fix that that crater in his in his street. Every street has craters, though. I mean, honestly, I'm you're driving in two lanes now just to make sure you don't bottom out your car. The street, but the streets are important. But can you just uh, maybe decrease my property taxes? I'll take that. Like, I'll, I don't care about the potholes, but if you decrease my property taxes by like 50%, Dave, I would yeah. definitely appreciate that. And I think we probably have a lot of people in the chat that would like that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would only, I wouldn't, I mean, as, as much as you're my main man and I, as Andrew says, you're my new minister of fun. I wouldn't, uh, I don't think I could just do it for you. I'd have to do it for everyone in the chat, but it would only be for everyone in the chat, the folks who support us and join us after every single Jets game, because you of course are listening to the illegal curve post game show with, Dave Manuk, the honorable premier Dave Manuk. I'm going to be like, listen, I almost started the, the show with the macho man, Randy Savage. I was going to be my walk-in music for my, uh, for my new role. But, uh, and of course, Ezra Ginsburg. And uh, we ask you to smash the like button for, you know, the, the folks who are joining us, whether it's midnight or 2 a.m. or wherever you are, smash that like button. Enjoy the show. Have fun in the chat. Charlie saying Ezra for mayor. Well, Charlie, Ezra might be the mayor. And in my I would be fully throwing my support behind Ez for mayor. But Ez, right now, we'll get I into that. I will never, ever, ever go into politics. Ever. Yeah, well, B. Henderson wants me to get rid of all the bad drivers in Winnipeg. Let me tell you, B. Henderson, uh, I, I'm often driving to Henderson. And let me tell you, it is it is atrocious having to deal with this. But unfortunately, Maul is telling me time's up. Or Alan's telling me the time is up. I am no longer the premier. I'm going to be. I'm going to be handing in my keys. So, uh, thanks for putting up with my uh, my drunk with power manuk uh, premiership. And uh, as I'll go, I'll it's get good into to have the you back, Dave. You know what? I was I, the power was starting to get to your head. It was. I, I didn't even really know who you were anymore. You know what, Ezzy? I didn't recognize myself. I, I I was like, it just wasn't. It wasn't me. I'm back to Dave Manuk. I'm back to Dave Manuk. You know, let's forget about the rest, and let's just let's just focus on the hockey game. I'm back to just being a, an analyst on this on this broadcast and uh, your main man. So let's just keep it rolling. Let's get into it, as because uh, there were there were a few more goals than we've been used to c- counting of late, and it all began like with three count- goals. Is that like an explosion for the Jets at this point? Can you call kinda that? Feels explosion? that way. Kind of feels that way. Anything more than one or two, as is like an explosion. So Skippy, don't worry. We're getting the hockey talk right now, and we're going to start with Cam Fowler. He the Ducks do what the Jets don't do enough of which is get some bodies in front of the net, take away the goaltender's eyes. Cam Fowler takes advantage of that and floats a seeing-eye shot past Connor Hellebuck into the back of the net to give the Ducks a one nothing lead, even though at that point, and for most points throughout the course of this game, as he, the Jets controlled the play. Yeah, absolutely. At that point in the game, it was, you know, it was all Jets. And I think that was only the, I don't know, what was it, the third or fourth shot, Dave? I'm not sure if you just mentioned that. Sorry, I was trying to pull up the replay here on my other browser, but... Yeah, I mean, look at Fowler puts the puck on net, and it's a little bit of a screen. Was it who was it? Derek Grant maybe in front of the net. There were like eight guys in front of the net. Yeah, maybe Max Jones. I think was in front of the net as well. I, looking at the replay, I think it is Max Jones, but I mm-hmm. think Derek Grant does come in there, or maybe it's Troy Terry as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to to break down on this goal. Um, 
you know, Hellebuck, if his eyes were taken away, it was just a little bit of a weird goal because it almost seemed like, uh, you know, it, it went over Hellebuck. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Look at Fowler. What was that? His 10th goal, 11th goal, something like that. 10th goal. Yeah. So, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's been, I, I can't believe they mentioned on the broadcast, he's played over 900 games. Like I know he's been in the league for a while, but when you consider that, you know, a couple of years from now, um, you know, he's going to hit a thousand games, pretty incredible. He's had a great career. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know, you know, if I'm that upset with anything that was happening, you know, on that goal. I mean, Shifley was his positioning wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what he was doing in the defensive zone. But yeah, I mean that that was kind of a bit of a, a fluky goal. And you know, I, I you didn't get the feeling when that goal was scored, you know, that the jet that was gonna be deflating because of how the, well the Jets were playing and just you know how difficult it is for the Ducks to create offense. Like you saw that, right? Like what did they yeah. have? Thirteen or fourteen shots after two periods. It wasn't until the third that they actually came with waves of offense. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know that goal is can just be kind of summed up as a scene eye shot, as you said. Well, as just to, just to further reinforce the point you just made, from courtesy of our friend One Bird Fun Word, he has this stat: Anaheim are zero thirty and six scoring. Fewer than three goals this season, so that just shows you how star for offense this Ducks t- team is. And that's half their games, by the way. Yeah, exactly. right? thirty-six games is. I, I mean, it, not, it might not be exactly half their games. Yeah, I know. But it's I know. around half their games. I mean, it's just look. It, I, I think you know they're going to get a really good player. If they don't get Connor Bedard, they'll get you know Adam Fantilli or or you know Leo Carlson or Zach, Zach Benson, Benson. Yeah, right? who you know we've been watching all year long with the ice. So, I mean, the Ducks, and 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 they've got good prospects in the system now, right? Jamie Drysdale is a guy that we didn't see tonight, right? So, like, the Ducks are a, a team that, yeah, they're not going to be very good next year or maybe for the next few years. Yeah. But they're going to get a top five pick, most likely. So, mm-hmm. you know that they're they're going to nail that. I don't know if they have another first-round pick. Oh, they've got – no, they've got three. They got three. Go. They got three first-round they, – they got a ton. It's kind of like um, uh, who we were just talking about the other day who has a ton. I don't remember which team was it. One of the teams we were just talking about has, like – who were we just talking to? Um, Montreal? Who on, no, who do we just have on Saturday show? Montreal has three too, right? Or at least two. Yeah, but who who is the other guest? Is the second guest on our on our show Saturday show? Goes Nashville. to Oh, yeah, sorry, it's the Predators. The Predators have like fifteen picks in the first four or five rounds. I that's think what you have to do when you yeah, sell in June. You, like that's why you, you know you you have to go all in. You have to you have to sell hard or go home. Yeah, exactly. So, but the Jets as. One of the things that you wanted to see was wh- how would they respond because they've controlled play. They, you know, they've they've really dominated the Ducks to this point, and yet now they're down one nothing. So what is going to happen with this Jets? You know, resolve. Are they going to go out of their structure, or are they going to try and stick within the framework of what Rick Bonus has kind of tried to institute? And sure enough, hardworking Mason Appleton, uh, Adam Lowry, Dylan Demello, those tr- that trio gets involved, and again, it's just it's just a go to the net. And I, you know, some of the, I highlighted the um, comments earlier in the show as, cause there were a lot of guys just, you know, in the blue paint, that's how they were getting goals. And, and again, greasy, get to the front of the net, establish body position and, you know, put something home. And that's what Mason Appleton, Mason Appleton does. And it comes as like less than, or just, sorry. Yeah. Less than a minute. I think it was like 45 seconds after the the give up the the go ahead goal for Anaheim, so it's a good response by the Jets that they are able to push back into the duck zone and tie the game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know we got to talk about Dylan Demello here. And you know Kevin Sawyer, Dan Robertson, they were talking about 
DeMello. He was another guy that we should mention. You know, that was one of one of his better games as of late. I don't want to say that's one of his best games of the year because I feel like, you know, when we throw those types of things out at this point in the season, it gets lost a little bit. But, you know, he was great. And, you know, DeMello is a guy that, you know, at times, you know, has, has struggled a little bit defensively, but he still, you know, is, I think, the Jets' best defensive defenseman. But, you know, starts the play in the Jet zone and just makes a, you know, just a, a nice play. And then, you know, uh, drives the net, gets a piece of Lowry's centering shot. And then, as you mentioned, like Appleton was in a really awkward position. And I, I if I'm not mistaken, Dave, Trevor Zegris was checking Mason Appleton as he was driving the net. So it was just impressive that, you know, Mason stayed with it there uh, and then banged home with the rebound. And then obviously we're going to get into the, you know, the goal that comes up next. Similar type of goal really by the Lowry line. But, you know, that's what this line has to do. They have to be greasy. And Appleton is a guy that's been criticized, you know, sometimes by me for not providing enough offense and not doing enough things. Like nobody's disputing how good Appleton is on the penalty kill, right, Dave? Like he's he's a great player, but I, I thought tonight he was noticeable, you know, as they say, you know, in all ends of the ice. Uh, so yeah, just love that he drives the net. Nice little touch pass by, by Lowry and love the work that Dylan DeMello uh, does on that goal. And you know what, Azzy, it's it's one of those situations where you're sitting there and if you're the Jets, you're thinking, okay, we're down one. I mean, we're tied one all after 20 minutes, but we've controlled play. They've dominated, really. They've, they've again, possession, you know, uh, offensive zone time, uh, high danger chances. Most are in the Jets' favor. So you're, you're, you're fairly happy, even if it is just a one all game. And, and it's what, like I said, it's one of those unfortunate, you know, you just didn't clear the front of the net, which again, came back to burn the Jets' on the goal, the second Ducks goal, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And that's one area they're going to have to do do a little bit better in terms of cleaning up uh, in front of Connor Hellebuck. Because Connor Hellebuck, even when he doesn't see the shot, can generally make the save, but he's not going to save everything, which we saw, again, with the, with the first, the Fowler goal. And, uh, you know, the Jets thought that they could have had some power play opportunities, the, specifically the Kyle Connor breakaway, where Cam Fowler, again, gets his stick in on uh, Kyle Connor, and then he wanted Pierre a penalty Luke. there. Like, yeah, I know. Was, and then, was, and, then Pierre Luke, and then you thought Pierre-Luc Dubois was going to draw a penalty because he got uh, interfered with right after going for the rebound, but you know, no dice on, on those opportunities. And now into the second period, the game goes as, and that is where speaking of Kyle Connor and breaking the, the cycle of uh, goallessness for him, didn't have to sacrifice a chicken, didn't have to shave his mustache, just had to go to the net hard on a two-on-one with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, you know, the one thing this Jets team, we've been talking about it for a long time now as too much of, too much of overpassing. And we saw it with Blake Wheeler, who who gave up a grade A chance to take a, you know, to try and pass to Nemesnikov in a kind of an awkward position. Well, in this instance, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you have to be selfish. Like this is what Nino Niederreiter when he came to the Jets, that's what they talked about with him, was he doesn't look for the pass. He looks for the shot, and then guys can get rebounds. And too many got to instances now, guys are looking for the pass and not the shot. Well, Pierre-Luc Dubois goes for the shot, and Kyle Connor, he picks up the rebound. And, and such a big goal for the team at that moment, but also, more importantly, a big goal for Kyle Connor to make him feel good again and, and contribute in a way that we're used to seeing him contribute. Yeah, and and you love the fact that you know Neil, Nino Niederreiter gets this play started at his own blue line, and two ducks. I mean, this this is honestly, Dave, is like something that we've talked a lot about over the last however many games. Let's say, you know, 
10 games, 15 games, like bad defensive coverage by the Ducks. Two guys, um, you know, are, are basically pursuing Nino Niederreiter. He acknowledges that. Um, and he makes the smart pass up to Dubois, right? And then the Jets are off on a, on a two-on-one. And, you know, just watching the replay here, it, it's a two-on-one, but you've also got three ducks that are flying back, you know, the, the old uh, flying V. Um, but, you know, I just love that, you know, awareness by Nino Niederreiter. And then Dubois puts a really hard shot uh, on net. And, you know, it's just a, a nice rebound by Kyle Connor. Not a, a, a vintage Kyle Connor type of goal, right? You're used to seeing him on the one-timer or, you know, the quick release uh, in transition, right? But yeah, I mean, it's so funny, right? We always talk about, you know, what you have to do, you know, to start scoring goals or, you know, break a goalless slump. Like you just talked about 11 games is not something that anybody saw coming, but we didn't see the goal scoring slump at the beginning of the season, right? So it's been a weird, it's been a tough year for Connor, right? Like he's still having a good season. He could still end up, you know, around 35, 37 goals, right? Um, he's not going to hit 47, unfortunately, unless he does some Daryl Sittler type of stuff. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I look at, I mean, the jets got timely goals. They're, they're just a much better team than the ducks, right? Like this effort and the way they played tonight, way more structured. Um, like you said, way more selfish and you know, they, they got the result. And like, like we said, like this score flatters the Ducks, because they they could have easily had more. But you love to see Connor finally, you know, as you mentioned, get off that schneid. By the way, Ezzy, I forgot, and I and I really should have mentioned, because you're going to love the list. So when Mason Appleton scored that goal, that was his 25th, going back to the first period, his 25th career goal with the Jets. So he's no longer tied with it. Are you ready for this list? Kyle Wellwood, Brandon Tanev, Alexander Burmistrov, and the, the nose himself, Chris Thorburn. Sniper. Sniper. So now scored one of the nicest goals in Jets history against the Penguins. And uh, he's now tied with 23rd on the list. Who do you, who's he tied with? He's Finnish. Didn't have that much finish if he only had 25 goals, but. Christian Veselainen. No, I don't even think he scored 25. No. Ole Jokinen. Bingo. Not bad. Not bad. I like well it. Well done. Well oh, done. That's, that's going back to what? 2013, 2014? Yeah, Jokinen. that's a while. Wow. Yeah. Um, and also should mention Dylan DeMello, when he picked up that assist, he matched his career high for points with his 22nd, four goals, 18 assists, which is the same total he actually had with the Sens in 18-19, but he did it in 77 games. This year he did it in 66. And uh, his career high for assists is 20. He had eight. That was his 18th. So um, This is the best hockey that I've seen him play with the Jets, Dave. Just under 24 minutes tonight. Um, the guy is always going up against the other team's top competition. The numbers back it up that he's the Jets' best defensive defenseman. Um, mm-hmm. I would say maybe the most underrated player on the Jets. And you love the fact that he's getting, like, he was taking control of the game here. Like, he mm-hmm. he, ha- he had, you know, the game on his stick, so to speak, right? All those cliches, like, he was dialed in tonight. He's a guy that, st- that you know, he'll stand up for his teammates, I mean, he doesn't fight like Brendan Dillon does, but you know what I mean. Like he's a he's a guy that plays a physical brand of hockey. Yep, I was really impressed with with Demello, and he's been good all season long. Does he make mistakes every once in a while? Yeah, of course. Even you know, Mister Perfect over here makes mistakes sometimes, right? But no, I mean, he he, he deserves you know, as you mentioned, a career year. He's obviously gonna. I think you said tie it. He t- he's tied it. He's obviously gonna surpass yeah, that unless he yeah. goes you know zero for nine, right? But uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that, like the, how good he was playing tonight, and just 
you know, overall, I mean, he has been, he's kind of that, you know, that consistent presence, that glue on the back end, right? Because, you know, sometimes they have Pionk playing with Morrissey on that right side, but we know that, you know, DeMello is really the best when he's playing with Morrissey on the top pair. And then you've got Dylan Pionk as your second pair, right? So he was really good tonight. Yeah. And I mean, he did get the, uh, he got, I believe he got body slammed behind the Jeff net at one point. There was a, some physicality and the ducks were doing that. The ducks were finishing their checks because they didn't possess the puck very much. And so the jets were able to control play and take a two, one lead into that second period or second intermission. Sorry, as and uh, you know, it looked like, what were they going to be able to do? Were they going to be able to lock this down? Because you already knew like Calgary was chasing it. The predators had beaten the Kraken in overtime um, I believe Minnesota lost to not that it really matters, but Minnesota and Dallas, uh, Dallas beat Pittsburgh and Minnesota, I think lost to Philly. I don't know if it was an overtime. I know it was a five. I think it was score. overtime. Yeah, I think it was too. But yep. anyway, so, so those teams are Dallas and Minnesota or whatever, you know, they're not really catchable, but you know, that, uh, with the Preds winning and, and the flames losing, you're, 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 you're wondering how are the Jets going to do this? Because, you know, one of the talk in, in today's media availability with Rick bonus was just about how important this game is. Because you really couldn't afford, I mean, you could have, you could afford to lose this game, but you really couldn't afford to lose this game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I think Remus said this on Winnipeg Sports Talk today. He said that, like, it's not a must win game, but it's a can't lose game. Yeah, that's right? a good way of putting it. And, and like, it's, it kind of goes back to, you know, the St. Louis game, which was really disappointing. Because if you win that game, then you know you're already ahead of where you were prior to entering this game. So now that that two points is huge when you have Calgary losing, right? And I still think like even with the games in hand and even the fact that Nashville has one more game in hand, we know Calgary has a really easy schedule. So, you know, it's not completely over. No. Nope. Uh, nope. But I mean this this win goes like we've talked about it. When you get to, you know, 10 games left, 9 games left, whatever, I mean, each point is so important when you have teams chasing you, right? So it's a it's a huge two points, um, and and they obviously have to keep it going. And you know, of course, they can beat. I saw some people talking about you know L.A. Nobody's saying that they can't beat L.A. I mean, L.A. is just. I mean, you're talking about one of the best teams in the Western Conference versus the Ducks, who are yeah. one of the worst teams in the in the in the conference, right? So that's all we're saying. Uh, you know, the the Jets have had some troubles against L.A. in the past, right? So. They can beat them, but even if they do beat the Kings, you know, the Flames can lose and they're still up six points, right? So it's a huge two points and they have to keep it going. But uh, yeah, you definitely didn't want to take a step back, you know, after taking a, a step forward, if you want to take that, say that against the Coyotes. I mean, they didn't play that great, but in the sense of, you know, they Wait. won the game, you didn't want to go back to, you know, having to, you know, have Calgary too close for, to you in the standings. But as he, the funniest part is like everyone who's maligning the Jets for, for squeaking out a win against the Coyotes. Again, remember the Coyotes came in having won four straight. They were six, two and two in their last 10. And I think even better if you go back even further, but they also took Edmonton to overtime, you know, like everybody's talking about Edmonton, 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 but the Coyotes took Edmonton. I think it was like a five, four. Now McDavid is insane and scored his 60th goal. And well, it he's, was he's shooting the puck off of goalies helmets. Like, but did you see, like, did you see how he missed the first, uh, you know, the breakaway pass from dry I think it was from dry So he misses the first one and he slams his stick in disgust. He's so mad. And you're like, you know, you think, okay, he's going to snap the stick. And then he, he realizes dry has the puck again. So he curls back around, gets it. And then he finishes the game off. And so, but I'm just saying that the Coyotes, 
while they are, you know, hit 70, uh, by the way, that's not out of the realm of possibility. He's going to hit 65 for sure. Wait, wait, wait. Beep, beep, beep. Do we have some breaking news? Did Kentucky is KWB telling us that Kentucky lost? I think that was uh, a few days ago, Dave. Well, I don't know. I've been watching. I've been watching. I've guys, moose, jets, moose, jets. I don't have time. The ice. Who has time for all this stuff? I didn't realize that Kentucky lost, but Drew and I, Ezzy and I will celebrate the Wildcats' loss and Drew's misery. Uh, <laughs> and his his adopted Sweet Sixteen team, or sorry, his adopted team, as I should say, uh, his team losing. Now, as you should have disclaimed what you just did, because of course, folks may not have realized that the Jets, you know, won. You've, we were only in the second period. We hadn't gotten to the third period. Now we get to the third period, Ezzy, and Frank Frank Vitrano who was actually all over this game, I thought. He actually had a pretty good game for Anaheim. He was fairly noticeable. Kansas but State, he... by the way, just Google it. Kansas State. Oh, really? Beat Kentucky, yeah. Okay, Kansas State. But I think that there? was like on Tuesday or something. Uh, see, Bobby B saying that's why I'm no longer the premier. I didn't know these things. Okay, well, that's fair I've, enough. I haven't watched a second of March Madness. I mean, I... I like I, I, I hear that it's been very exciting, but like you, you could literally tell me anything, Dave. Like you could yeah. tell me this team beat that team or whatever. There's yeah, a lot of, that's that's what's cool about it. That's why even though I'm not a college basketball fan, uh, how can you not be when there's so many upsets and and buzzer beaters and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, I've I've only been to I I went to a college basketball game in Vegas once, but I haven't. Uh, in fact, actually, it was a game. I don't remember who the Jets were playing as, but the Jet Bufflin won the game in overtime because I remember we were watching it on our phones while we were at the basketball game. I don't remember which game that was, but the Jets, the Jet Dustin Bufflin, it was an overtime winner, but it was an away game because it was a white jersey. I remember that. So a Dustin Bufflin overtime game, folks. Come on. And it would have been in March, obviously. So think what about year what are we talking about? I don't remember. I go to Vegas every year, so I can't remember what year it was. But anywho, I'll remember it eventually. Okay, well, let's uh, get down away from memory lane as we're no longer strolling down. Yeah, let's it. get into that Vetrano goal. Vetrano's a good player. Yeah. And he had a, a good scoring chance earlier. Um, and yeah, I mean, th- again, you know, the penalty kill has been so good. But, you know, Anaheim, they've got enough skill on that team. Um, and, you know, Vetrano, it's a, it's a nice shot, really. Like, uh, you, you got to give Vetrano credit. You know, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, played on a few teams. He's been a bit of a journeyman in his NHL career, and he's got a great shot, 18 goals now. And, you know, on that particular goal, I think, you know, it was just maybe, uh, you know, a little bit late on on, on the coverage. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a nice shot from, uh, you know, basically uh, it was a point shot. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the only thing you'd like to see is maybe DeMello uh... – box out a little bit better in that in that one because I, I think he could have helped Hel- Connor Hellebuck a little bit but look it's one of those goals that you're thinking to yourself okay what's going to happen and you know the Ducks did get mo- get energized as a result of that goal so it was very easy to see hey are the Jets you know is this a here you go again the Jets are now down it's a two all game and are the Jets going to blow a game where they've controlled it for the most part and they need it against a team that you know you can say they're loose whatever you would you know have no cares but the Jets can't, We, as we said, you know, you can't really lose this game. And sure enough, Neil Pionk up to Brendan Dillon. And I, and again, you know, Brendan Dillon deserves a lot of credit in my mind because he doesn't just wildly toss that puck on net. He waits and he sees Adam Lowry established body position and credit 17 for getting 
you know, that position as he in front of the net and giving that target to Brendan Dillon to fire that puck at him. And, you know, Lowry puts it home to give the Jets a 3-2 goal, 3-2 lead, sorry. And again, most importantly, it's one of those goals where a guy is outworking the opponent, which is something you want to see from the Jets, working hard, not just pretty goals, not these like highlight reel goals. You need work, you need work boots, you know, blue collar type goals right now. That's what you need from this team. You need work boots from Tough Duck. Work boots from Tough Duck. And Adam Lowry put on his Tough Duck work boots. Someone in a few minutes will be putting on a Tough Duck toque when you give out the hardest hitting comment uh, prize as. But the fact of the matter is that Adam Lowry, you know, went to work. Brendan Dillon made the pass. And it was a significant milestone for Adam Lowry. I mean, he has three goals in his last four games after going so long without scoring. But that was also his 200th point in the NHL. Yeah, and great for him. And yeah, I mean, you, you love his body position. It was Colton White who was the defenseman for the Ducks, he used to play for the Devils, which, you know, Dave, I was a big Colin White fan. I always find I always found it funny that, first off, there's another Colin White that plays for, I think he's still on Ottawa, right, unless he was traded. But I also find it funny that the Devils drafted a Colton White after having a Colin White uh, back, in the, <laughs> back in the day when they won the Stanley Cups. But, I mean, he just... By the way, by the way Morgan Barron in the first period, as he made him Colton black and blue. And that was a good hit. That was old-time hockey. I love it. Uh, I absolutely love that hit. And, you know, you know, Barron's not going to stay on that fourth line for long, Dave. I think I don't really understand it. We'll just leave. We'll leave it at that. I don't know. uh, You know, what did he have? Five minutes of playing time last game. But, you know, that's more of a Saturday morning topic. But, uh, you know, we'll just let that go. But, yeah, I love that, you know, Barron is, you know, he's contributing on the cycle. He's he's getting scoring chances, but he's also laying the body. Um, but yeah, I mean, to getting back to why I was talking about, uh, ducks defenseman, Colton white, I mean, Lowry is just bigger than him and he just, yep. like, Colton white couldn't do anything. Right. It's like back in the day when we used to talk about how Toby Enstrom would struggle against, you know, six foot five forwards. Like he just, you know, even though his stick was 30 feet long, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he couldn't move those guys. Right. So yeah, Lowry just parked himself in front of the net and, you know, it's a nice, nice pass by Dylan and, and a nice game winning goal. Right the definition of a greasy goal. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's a skill. That's a, that's a power man goal right there. Well, and you know what, Ezzy, the, the chat is alive right now. And we thank you for spending your, you know, what it, what is it? Friday morning here on the illegal curve post game show. You could be out checking out a pot of coffee on Dave. I know you, you don't could. drink coffee, but yeah, I mean, it would only be for you. 1230. I mean, Naomi's probably going to be up pretty soon. Yeah, you know, but I mean, maybe some look folks are are choosing to spend their nights with us. They could be out chasing the Aurora Borealis, aka the Northern Lights, which are exceptional. As per, I've never, I've never seen the Northern Lights like in real. Like I've seen pictures. Really? No. Oh well, our photographer Colby Spence is currently chasing them. He's sending me pictures. Nice. He's at Birds. He's at Birdsell Park. Last I checked. Oh man, and, I'm sure uh, he's going to get the most incredible pictures because that guy has uh, has a way with that camera because. It seems like everything, any picture, he could take a picture of a popsicle stick and it would look cool. <laughs> it's true. He, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. So he's out, he's out, he's not like the rest of the chat. He's, 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 he'll listen later, but regardless, the fact is that uh, we appreciate you joining us late as it is here on the illegal curve post game show, which of course comes to you live after each and every single jets game. And I'm told I, someone said, asked as if we'd go late today, because apparently Kenny and Rennie are, are not doing a show today, which is, you know, they could have at least given us a little go late, up. Dave. Yeah. It's twelve twenty-five. What do we? What do we talk? Well, they about want us here? to go. Sorry, not late. They wanted us to go long. Sorry, I should say I should uh, change my my verbiage. It's they want us to go a little bit longer because of the uh, 
the lack of Kenny and Rennie. I would, except for the fact that we're going to have a, a packed Saturday with the afternoon game. I think, I think the Jets Kings game starts at three, if I'm not mistaken. So, so. Uh, Saturday Saturday is going to be pretty long. So, I mean, we'll do we'll do a solid, you know, hour, maybe hour yeah, yeah. And, hour and ten minutes. Yeah, no, but, we're not, uh, we're not I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to you know go as long as Cocaine Bear or anything like that. Okay, well, Tracy's saying that there is a sh- uh, there's a show scheduled for them, so maybe we got some fake news. You know, as a former premier, I understand. By the way, no longer the ex premier. My uh, advisor uh, is your boy Bruce. Told me that I should go by former premier. It sounds classier. So I'm going to say as the as as the former premier. I'm told now that that was some fake news and that they are in fact premier scheduling emeritus. The there, <laughs> there you go. Um, Okay, so the it's amazing sometimes these little segues as I'm forgetting where we're going. But let's let's so the Jets have a three-two lead, and how are they going to react? How are they going to protect that lead? And you know what? They've got no surprise. Blake Wheeler on, and and I know the chat was a little bit. I was I was in and out of the chat throughout the course of the hockey game. Chat was not happy to see Blake Wheeler out there defending the lead. Uh, you know, late in games, I'm not really certain. I'm I'm understanding. I get that he's got good hands, but I don't understand. You know, with Rick bonuses rationale really there but i mean he's the I coach would care honestly dave if it, if if it was against a, a better team yeah but like, that's true just, you know that's what fair. i just i'm sorry like you know we talked about it the jets had you know the opportunity to end it like nemesnikov hit the post I'm yeah not sure what was happening there but like it, it, you know they got the two points so yeah sh- you know do the jets have better defensive forwards that they can put out there of course they do yeah right? like we could we could name a bunch of forwards. We talked about like Lowry and Appleton would obviously be at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, and, they Morgan, were, and, Morgan, and they were, and Baron, like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of guys. Saku Manalainen is a good defensive forward. Kevin Stenlin is a guy with his versatility, his ability to play center and wing. I mean, look at Rick bonus, you know, it is, isn't that different than Paul Maurice in the sense that he relies on, you know, his veterans. He goes back to, to what he knows, right? That's why. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we've seen the line combinations that, that we've seen. But, yeah, I mean, if you're basing it just on, you know, positional strength or, or you know, usage, what player, you know, it gives you the best, you know, chance at, at locking down a win. Yeah. Wheeler's not the guy that, that I'm no. putting out there. But, I mean, he's got great hands. So that's obviously one of the reasons why they put him out there because if he gets the puck, we know that he'll, you know, try to go for the empty net. But as we saw a few weeks back, he missed. And, you know, the, the, I forget yeah. who that was that the sharks that, sharks, that, tied uh, that game up all yeah. these games, Dave's when you get to game 72, 73, like they all just start, you know, blending together for me, but uh, look at, they got the win, they hung on and now you go to LA and, you know, hopefully you're going to be able to turn it into a, a three game winning streak. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, but just to, and just to be clear, Lowry and Appleton were on late in the game and Lowry, Again, we, we're going to laud him for what he was able to do with the final, you know, few minutes, seconds, tech, ticking down on the clock there in Anaheim in the Honda Center as because, you know, very easily he could have, uh, you know, not done. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously he could have done, not done what he did, but it just he made smart plays. He, he, he handled the puck responsibly. And that's what you want to see from a guy who's entrusted with the opportunity to protect the lead. And I like the way the Jets did it. And he didn't just fling the puck down, you know, recklessly. It was all measured and he used his body and used his physicality. And it was a good way to end that game. It kind of put a kind of a, an exclamation point on the game for the Jets. And, you know, Dave, just wanted to bring uh, one thing up here. Sure. It's not not to do with what you were just talking about, but Mike from Canmore was asking about uh, Sandberg. 
we haven't had a chance to talk about this because we were talking about it after last game, after the yep. Coyotes game. I mean, I was surprised that that was a healthy scratch situation. And obviously, you know, he took, he blocked the shot, but we were told, right, um, you know, you reported on this on illegalcurve.com that he was in fact a healthy scratch. But, right. you know, with Capo Bianco taking that penalty, that look at it wasn't the worst penalty ever. Yeah, it wasn't that I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if Samberg goes in against LA. Obviously, that's I'm I'm an outsider as opposed to being an insider <laughs> like you are, Dave. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if Samberg goes back into the lineup. Capo Bianco was fine. Yep. But uh, I, I I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see Dylan Samberg on Saturday afternoon in the well, lineup. And- and, you know, it's not a bad idea at this point of the season to get guys into, you know, freshen them up and stuff. And so just to be clear, as, as he's just said, Dylan Sandberg, we, we presumed on uh, the game against the Coyotes when he didn't play, he had blocked the shot in the morning avail- morning skate. So we thought, and when he didn't play, the presumption was that he drew in because he had blocked that shot and he was injured. Then Scott Billick, uh, I believe, reported it first was that... Um, that uh, that it was actually, in fact, a healthy scratch for Sandberg, not anything to do with um, the blocking of the shot. And we didn't we didn't find out about that until yesterday, right? We that was at practice yesterday. Like, uh, you we, know, did, I, we, I, we didn't know about that after the game, right? Like that's why you mentioned it because he wasn't asked about it. So it was just a bit of a bizarre situation. Yeah. Um. Again, I, I you know, Capo Bianco could end up playing, but I think you would agree there's there's a reason here. Uh, there's a there's a chain of events that has happened here, and I don't, I honestly don't think. They want Sandberg, you know, sitting in the press box for that long. I don't think that was ever, you know, maybe it's a bit of a wake up call to him as well, Dave. Yeah, and and look, there's some points you can you can like Rick Bonus was asked about it, and he because he asked about Capo Bianco versus Sandberg, and he mentions a few things, and you know, and it was funny because like uh, the folks at Cap Friendly said that Dylan Sandberg only has three more games of waiver exemption before he loses that uh, exemption, I should say. And so people are like, is that the reason he's being held out? I'm like, well, no, I don't think so. But I just think it's it was worth noting because the folks at Cap Friendly were just talking about the games that it's are going to be like Eric Comrie all over again, right? Yeah, exactly. A little bit different in terms of UFA status, but yeah, definitely, definitely something to pay attention to in terms of uh, what happens on Saturday and how the lineup, if the lineup changes. The one thing we know will not change is that Connor Hellebuck will be your goaltender for the near future, as we don't think he's going to be changing the nets, giving up the net to David Riddick. And he, look, there's no, no back reason. to backs, no back to backs, and you schedule got a couple it. days off, so he'll play against the Sharks most likely too. Oh yeah, well of course, because if you think about it, they play Saturday, like they'll have a practice tomorrow. He may skate, he may not. They play an afternoon game. They have a day off on Sunday. They'll pr- they'll practice on Monday, then they'll play the Sharks on Tuesday. So he'll have more than enough rest, and then they're back here and they play. Is the first game? Is the first game Thursday Detroit. or Friday? Detroit. Yeah, it's Detroit, but is on it on Friday Thursday? night? Yeah. Yeah. So they don't play again until Friday. We're going to that game together. We will be rolling together yeah. as. And then as they've we... got the Devils on Sunday. The Devils on Sunday. Yes, yeah. that's that's a good point, as and that's uh, that'll be a good one. Well, we are done the Betway game recap. So uh, we should mention that that Betway game recap has been brought to you, of course, by Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play. Please, Ezra, please. I always say this to you. Please play responsibly. Well, we're going to throw it to our other commercial sponsors. Uh, Folks can enjoy the Grid Park commercial. They can enjoy the Rollies commercial. They can enjoy all of the commercials here on the Illegal Curve postgame show. So uh, give a listen to our sponsors. And while you're waiting, throw down a like and maybe go and drop a comment on the podcast. I'm still waiting. The last one still remains Phyllis. So even though I beseeched you 
besieged you. I didn't get any uh, comments on the iTunes or the podcast or whatever, wherever you leave, wherever you download the podcast from. So I would ask again, if you get a chance, go leave a comment on the podcast and smash that like button and listen to the these words from our sponsors. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. 
from jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Bucks clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I am just Dave Manouk. No, no, no titles other than analyst on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, the Illegal Curve post-game show. And that's a title I'm happy to, to own as, as are you, Ezzy Ginsberg, also an analyst here on the Illegal Curve post-game show and the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And the shadow editor of a little site called IllegalCurve.com, as he's always there for me if I make a mistake, which I tend to because I'm working at two in the morning and as has always got my back and always making sure I'm uh, that's right. I'm keep keeping things tight on the IllegalCurve.com where you can find all the latest Jets, Moose, and Ice news. As not Jets related, but this is a, we, we like to think of ourselves as a Manitoba-based show. Yep. So anything Manitoba related, we discuss. And we can't not recognize what happened on this day in 1952 do you know what happened on this day in 1952 if you're my dad was born in my dad was born in 1951 but no i don't know what happened in 1952 okay well that's fine does the chat know what happened in 1952 i mean remember drew was a young man he was only about four years old in 1952 <laughs> it was a few years back you know 70 plus years ago but does the chat know what happened in 1952, on this day, March 23rd, technically, not March 24th. I don't want to screw everyone up. Pertaining to Winnipeg. Okay, nobody knows. On this day, Billy Mozienko set the NHL record wow. for the mo- fastest three goals in NHL history with three in. Did you get that from our boy Mike Comito, or was I that- did get it? No, yeah. that was a Mike. That was a Mike Comito. Yeah, that was a Mike Comito. People who don't follow him on Twitter or who aren't aren't familiar with him, um, he posts every day. Probably posts day like half a dozen or or ten different. You know, this day in in hockey history, and he's got some awesome stuff. Some of it's like more recent, but obviously uh, Billy Mozienko was uh, you know that that you're talking seventy years ago. Yeah, right. So pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, very famous last name here in these parts. Well, and I and I mentioned it, and I think a lot of people and Derek is is what the mentioning what I was about to mention, the bowling lanes on Main Street. If you're uh, a, a North Ender, then many, especially for myself, I don't know about others, but I had many a birthday party at Billy Mozienko Lanes in uh, Winnipeg on Main. And uh, hold on, that's Main, and I was going to say Burroughs, but it's not Burroughs. It's Main and. Um, Right across from the, why is the, the, the streets eluding me right now? I can't think of the uh, the cross street, but anyways. Anyways, there's... North, uh, North, North Main, right? Yeah, but, uh, Redwood. Main, Main and Redwood. It's just yeah. a little bit. It's, technically, it's not Redwood. It's it's a block before Redwood, but anyways. Yeah. Um, so Main and Redwood had many a birthday. I West Kildonan. Well, yeah. West Saint, more St. John's than West K. But, yeah, I'm, a, uh, I'm a South Ender, Dave, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. my home bowling alley was was Academy Uptown. uptown yeah, alley. you're a Southie. It's I'm fine. A soft, it's all, soft South Ender. It's okay. You know what? I had many a birthday party, Billy Mozienko. Many times while I was sitting there, you know, I was so such a competitive little kid that I would sit there and while people were bowling, I'd be like, jinx, 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 jinx. And then when they screwed up, I'm like, oh, it's such, sucks. It's such a shame. And then, of course, I would, you know, do the old Fred Flintstone twinkle toes. And uh, you bowl put, perfect you game. Put the Vamelka on them. I did whatever I had to do, Ezzy, to win that bowl. I that was my bowling lane. You weren't going to beat me in bowling. Yeah, you might beat Dave in another bowling, but not in his home <laughs> bowling lane. At Billy right. Mozienko, Dave knew you knew every little way that that wood and 
yeah. those, those lanes, you know, those balls, you know, which balls to use. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every once in a while I would go down to Henderson and of course hit Roxy lanes, but, uh, is it Roxy lanes on Henderson? Yeah. Roxy lanes, right? Roxy lanes yes. on Henderson. Yeah, 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 of course. So, yeah. but I was, but again, I stuck to Billy Mozienko. That was my, that was, the, that was, the, that was the home rink. So home, home lane, I should say, not a rink. Who do you uh, think you are? Davis. <laughs> I did try, I did try 10 pin, but it was not for me. Uh, we did that on Regent and then, uh, 10 pins fun, but it's, it's, mm. it's a little I can't different. remember where, where, where was, where was, uh, where was that Regent? Uh, it was, I can't remember the name of that place. And then there was a, there was one in St. Boniface as well, but it was kind of weird. It's in the bottom of an apartment building or something like that. I've played at that. I, I, I don't remember what it's called, but we had like a work function there once. I love bowling. Oh, Donnie boy had a 448. That's pretty impressive. Whoa, that's like close to a perfect game, right? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think my best was. I thought our nope. perfect game was three hundred. Well, that's maybe, five. That's five pin though. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, Le Chateau. Thank you, Tico Napoli. I should have known Tico Napoli would know the answer to that question. So there we go. Um, I, I always loved the arcades at Academy Lanes. They had great arcades. Great well, we arcade couldn't. Games. We we couldn't afford the quarter two on pinball. As in the North End, we couldn't afford the quarters to play arcades, so uh, we were lucky we could bowl. Couldn't uh, we didn't have your fancy arcades? We'd have to go to uh, what was the name of that place on Main on in Portage um, Magic Land. Magic Land. There you go. Yeah. Oof, we're, we're 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 really going down the old. I think it's uh, a the beauty old... parlor now, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, who knows? At least it's something in there because yeah. you know, if I was premier, which I'm no longer, you know, all those vacancies would be would it be would be gone. Everything would be full. But I'm not the premier, so I can't do that, unfortunately. Um, do you remember what the arcade was called in the Grant Park Mall back in the day? I rem- I've, I only went to it one time. Pirate's Den. Ah, yes. I didn't know. I didn't remember that. I did not remember that. Slugs. T-Kona had slugs. Look at T-Kona. Should have known. Um, Darwin wants us to try pickleball. Yeah, my dad plays pickleball. I haven't. I have never gotten into it. I want to watch I the movie to... The Wizard right now with Fred Savage. Oh, that's a classic. We've really taken this show off the rails. Holy moly. But hey, you know what? It's 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 12:45 in the morning, folks. You're listening to the Illegal Curve Post Game yeah. Show. This it is may stream be... of consciousness at this point. Yeah, it, it may be the Illegal Curve Post Game Show at this point. What would what, what would our bowling show be called? Pinheads. <laughs> or airheads with the uh, with Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, was he the third? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, well. See, once they, by the way, once they got fancy glow bowling, Ezzy, that's when I was done. You know, the whole glow bowling thing. I was just like, all right. This is yeah, I was fancy. never into the glow bowling. I mean, that that was a, a different, yeah. It, it got a little too corporate at that point. Yeah. It was like, come on. You guys have sold your soul. Come on. This is, this is no, this is no longer what we're all no, about. That wasn't, that wasn't a great era for bowling. Now, Travis, wants, like yeah. Travis wants to have a bowling night. Could do that. Yeah, we could. We probably won't, won't. We... <laughs> anyways okay Ezzy. so yeah, um, are, we, are we doing tough duck here yeah I, let's I, do I let's do hardest i might fall asleep if this if the show goes too Whoa. much longer dave so sorry i didn't realize that i was on a uh, time uh, limit although uh, I... shawnee by the way just just to let people know that kenny and Rennie has started so we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna do it for too much longer so as i'm gonna i'm too lazy to look back for the comment so i'm just gonna I'm going to post it and then I will highlight it. Go. So you can, you can read it out. Yeah. Quentin, great name. Love, love Q names. Um, yeah. You got the comment. Aren't you the Q and on Shaman? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to touch that. Should watch Baron and Wheeler for a game and see what he can do. 
uh, should, pardon me, should switch Baron and Wheeler for a game and see what he can do. We talked it, talked about it. Morgan Baron, Baron is on the fourth line right now with Kevin Stenland um, and, and Saku Manalainen. Um, he's looking pretty deadly. I agree. Like, I, I, I really think, you know, Baron, you know, deserves, you know, some time in an elevated role or just put him back on the third line. Right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's wrong with Lowry, Barry, Baron, and Appleton? I can't see I think Baron, it's a good line. Baron's name. Obviously, I am starting to fall asleep here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that comment. So, Quinton, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. Uh, and Tough Duck, will, you have to send me your mailing address. I should mention that. And then Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. Got a few more uh, Tough Duck toque winners in today. So, for those people who won recently, you should be getting your Tough Duck toques probably... If you don't get them uh, in the next couple of days, you'll get them early next week. And I, this is my opportunity to apologize because I know folks are champing at the bit to get their their merch from the IC contest. We're going to announce a new winner. And I promise you, I promise you, I will be getting them out ASAP. So if you don't have it this week, you'll be for sure getting it next week. And I'm going to try and clear up all everybody so everyone will be happy and everyone will have their gear. Like Lisa, who was at the, actually the Ducks game with her son, and they were wearing the jersey that they won, courtesy of the IC contest. So right on, we can attest it. Phyllis, she has her jersey, and a lot of other folks have theirs. Doug, we Doug was in the chat; he has his. Lots of other folks. Don't worry; it's not that people. Some people have hats. Some people have got jerseys. Da 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 da. da. Okay, so Ezzy got to announce the winner because if you enter the contest, and I'm not going to go through Drew's spiel because it's already late. We've already been doing the show a long time, so you know how to enter. Go to the website, enter the, you know, all your information. All the information is on the website, illegalcurve.com. You go there. We'll explain that. That will explain it. Just click follow. It's easy. Winner, Ezzy. The winner was Jennifer Berthelet. Now, Jennifer, I don't know if she's in the chat right now, but I know Jennifer is constantly retweeting us on Twitter, which, again, is a way to make points or to gain points, I should say. The other way, Ezra, the other way. So, first of all, congratulations to Jennifer. I feel like Jennifer has a flin-flon connection. Hmm, Maybe. She's She's been listening to IC, watching IC, and like you said, uh, you know, is a is a common retweeter and share of illegal curve social media stuff. Yeah, she's a, a real estate agent as well in Winnipeg. So, uh, congrats to Jennifer for winning the IC merchandise contest. Well, speaking of of IC merch winners, definitely worth the wait. Lisa from Anaheim is actually in the chat right now. Right on. So hopefully, Lisa and her son had a great time at the hockey game. And but did uh, Lisa's son get the puck though? Because I saw yeah. the sign. Oh, that's a good point, Ezzy. That's a very yeah. good qu- follow-up we need, we question. Need to, we need to know, Lisa, did your son, I think it was Lisa's son, did she? Did he get the puck? That's what that's we a, need to know. That's See, Ezzy's journalism degree right there, folks, just came through because he recognized that that's the question you need to ask. Oh, so, I, so, Lisa. I'm full of questions, Dave. Even you, though I heard, <laughs> I heard Dave M. asking questions to Mark Morrison and Jansen Harkins. I was listening. Thank you, Ez. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Um, but now the question is, did Lisa's son get the puck? So Lisa, we are waiting with ba- bated breath here to find out if he did. I, th- I believe your son, his name is Josh. So did Josh get the puck? Oh, Lee- T. Conopoli saying Lisa said earlier he did. So right congratulations awesome. to, I believe, yeah, the game was tons of fun. And yeah. Need a writer. Nino, Nino uh, threw Lisa's son the puck. That's awesome. Okay, sorry, Ezzy. I threw I threw myself out of out of out of motion there. I was muted for for a second. So, congratulations, Lisa. Way to go! And if you want to enter the unique code word, now, Ezzy, you're gonna like this unique code word. Let's see if anybody can get it before I explain it. Oh, I love that. I knew you'd like that one. 
yeah, that's a good one. That, 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 also, that also brings back terrible memories of that trade. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, great code word. Okay, folks, if you are listening to the podcast, I guess I should not just look at it because, of course, people can, you know, who are, are listening to us, Ezra, are wondering what the hell the code word is. Oleg and Chad. And Kikona Pauly's got it right. Of course, that is the Timu Solani trade way back in the day. So Oleg Tevardovsky and Chad Kilger, they were supposed to be equal compensation for the finish flash. Not quite. Not quite. But, is the uh, unique code word for the game against the Wings going to be $1? <laughs> Chris Draper, the $1 man. Yeah. So Oleg Tevardovsky, so the, just, just to be clear, it's just Oleg and A-N-D Chad. Not Oleg Tevardovsky and Chad Kelger. It's just Oleg and Chad for the unique code word. So enter that in. Donnie Boy wants a free Oleg. Who knows what Oleg Tevardovsky is up to? I have no idea. Uh, we wish him the best. Because, Where does that know. rank, Dave, in, in the worst trades of all time? Uh, oh, I don't know. Hold on. I, let me just check one thing. Sorry. Thank you. Thank No, my mic was off. So I thank you to uh, Chris for noticing that my mic switched i inadvertently hit something and i noticed it too but i just I, I just went with it i wasn't sure what was going on there so i was gonna let you uh you know correct it but no no it was it was my mic was was i i hit the hit this by accident then it did it dis it disengaged the microphone unfortunately and thanks chris for noticing because i would have been uh wouldn't have been such a good wouldn't have been such a good one so i'm 75 percent asleep chris so that's why i didn't say anything Okay, well, then if you're 75% asleep, let's put you almost the rest of the way with this, Ezzy. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Now, I'm not going to make this. I'm going to be very quick because we have to go. It's almost the end. Sean and Ken are already ready to roll. So we're going to make this a quick Manuk Moose Minute because the Moose have eight games as to end, to start the end of the regular season here at home. And then they've got a short road trip before they get ready for the playoffs. Their magic number is down to eight. Uh, the Moose were uh, back home against Rockford to kick things off last night, and they started it off. Jansen Harkins, he got things rolling with a, uh, a nice goal. Cole Meyer got, you know, with a nice forecheck. Jansen Harkins, I mean, he continues to produce. It's it's actually unbelievable how, how effective he's been for this Manitoba club. Uh, he made it a one nothing game. Uh, Rockford came back, tied it. Uh, Hainola would tie the game for the Moose later after they had given up the lead. And then the Moose were down 3-2, and it looked like, well, are they going to not start this homestand off in the right way? But, of course, these are the, these are the, these, these are the comeback Moose. And, and they, uh, Jansen Harkins, with 10.2 seconds to go on the clock for the second straight game, ties the game, sends it to overtime. Ezzy, I, all I could think about was you, to be honest with you, because... Um, the overtime was exceptionally exciting. Like Oscar Salmon had made some beauty stops, and on one sequence, literally made this spectacular save. Puck goes the other way. Dominic Tonnato up the middle gets hauled down, penalty shot in overtime, doesn't score. Jansen Harkins breakaway for the hat trick doesn't score. Like it was, it was actually an unbelievable overtime. And then of course it goes from the incredible overtime. To a wah, wah, shootout, and in the shootout, uh, the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs took it, and they ended up winning the game four three. So the Moose salvaged a point, which uh, they've managed to continue to do. They're maintaining; they're just behind Texas, who are, I believe, three points up on them in first, and Milwaukee, who are two point one or two points up on them in second. It's going to so be a Moose... great race to end it. Like that's what you want, right? Dave? Yeah, 
And like, as you know, you've been co- covering the team. Well, you cover the team every year, but I mean, it seems like this year, first off, it seems like the, the Moose are having more success against the Wolves, right? The Wolves are always the team that seems to give them the most trouble, but it's Milwaukee this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And, the the wolves the wolves after winning the Calder last year seemed to kind of sell sell the farm and and sure. and and realize that they were going to start all over again. But that's what you like to see, right? And you've got home cooking here, so it's it's going to be great to watch. You know the moose and and go on the run because it looks like, you know, for the most part, unless there's injuries, they're going to be able to you know keep some of the guys that started the season with the Jets, like you talked about, a Jansen Harkins, Billy Hainala, uh, Dom Toninato. Uh, someone was asking for a Declan Chisholm update but i don't know if there's anything new because they didn't give a timeline it's a high ankle sprain right dave but i don't think that 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 there's been anything since uh the the first report which was two days ago right no you're absolutely right just so folks know declan chisholm the 2018 fifth rounder suffered a high ankle sprain in the final game against chicago fell really awkwardly into the boards brutal actually and then I asked Mark Morrison about it uh, at morning skate, and he's indicated that it was going to be a it was, that it was a high ankle sprain. Didn't have a timeline. He was having Declan Chisholm was having an MRI, so he'll uh, he'll they'll you know I mean I'm I'm guessing it's going to be at least a month uh, for him, but you know that's just speculation. We'll we'll see. It could be longer. It depends. Really depends on the severity of the these, sprain. These guys heal a little bit uh, quicker than I do, Dave. So <laughs> I, I saw a high ankle sprain, and I thought it might be you know the whole season, including the playoffs. But like you said, I mean, he's a yeah. he's a player. You know, he's arguably their MVP, right? So like, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's been there. He's a, he's a guy that uh, you absolutely want for the playoffs. Yeah, and it just means again, other guys have to step up. T Kona Pauly is going to be happy. Tyrell Bauer, I believe he just celebrated his birthday yesterday. T Kona, so hopefully you wished him happy birthday. But uh, Tyrell Bauer, he was, um, you know, he's in the lineup now for the foreseeable future. Simon Lundmark, Leon Gavanke actually was playing on the re- on the left side. Uh, in place of Declan Chisholm. And, and he jokingly said to me after the game, he was happy that Nolan Baumgartner moved him back to the right because he was he was struggling a little bit on the left. But um, he and Simon Lundmark were, were paired up and Vili Hainola, of course, in the lineup. So uh, it'll be a good run for the Moose. Uh, they've got, again, like I said, we've given away the tickets for this weekend's game. They uh, have the rematch tomorrow against Rockford. And then, of course, they play on Sunday. That's the women in sport supporting, of course, Hockey Manitoba as. So right we'll... Uh, that game's a, a two o'clock game, and of course we've got a Jets game. We've got we got the Illegal Curve Saturday show. That's why we got to go because I mean it's almost one o'clock. Maybe Ezzy and I are going to go check out the Aurora Borealis. We'll drive to Okamak Marsh. There we go. I knew Ezzy was getting ready to be creative, so uh, we'll uh, we'll thank everyone for joining us here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Frosty, it's time. It's time to 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 show me the sponsors and get that up if you can. And we like I said, if you get a chance before you head over to Kenny and Rennie. Smash the like button. Let us know that you enjoyed the show. And if you have comments, again, like I said, drop it in the podcast. Drop but it like it's hot, right, Dave? Dro- drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's Billy Mozienko scoring three goals in 21 seconds, which he did <laughs> 72 years ago or 71 years ago today, Ezra. So there's no way that ever, anybody ever does that. No, I know. It's impossible. like even, even Connor McDavid, like that would be. Like, it's just, if you think about that, that's just, just craziness. That's why I love that it was a Winnipegger. There's so much, yes. like, that, yeah. that's the that's the pride you feel. And, that, and that's one of those things, like, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, playing on the backyard rink on in Rupert's Land in West K, like, I remember thinking my, with my brother, we'd be like, you know, Billy Mozienko. That was the name you'd use. Not because we watched him play, but you knew the legend of three goals in 21 seconds. 
Yeah. That to me was what was so significant because again, we were way too young to obviously we were born, but we didn't except for well, Drew. Except for Drew, yeah. Yeah. And so we didn't know about that. But we but again, the legend of of him and and you know lived on for, for years because he was a Winnipegger. So, anyways, so nice little memory right there of Billy Mozienko. Never forget your roots, folks. That's what it's all about. Um, okay, Ezra, big thank you because this show is cape is brought to you by our sponsors. If it wasn't for them, this they're the ones who make this possible. So a big thank you to all of the sponsors of Illegal Crew. We make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. They are Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. All right, Ed, it's time for us to hit the hay Say goodnight to all the folks. Well, time for you to hit the hay. I got to go and do the, make sure the podcast is up. So anybody who didn't join us live gets to listen to that. But thank you. And thanks everybody for joining us. Have a good rest of your night or morning. I guess I should say Ezra's got his eye. Believe me, that's what he actually snores. That's actually a good sound for Ez. It's not even one of his worst snores, just so folks know. Anyways, Lisa, enjoy the rest of your California trip. Everyone else, enjoy the rest of your night. We will see you back here Saturday morning. On the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, bright and early at 9 o'clock. And, of course, IllegalCurve.com will be your source for all the latest Jets, Moose, and Ice news. I'm Dave Manuk. He's Ezra Ginsberg. You've been listening to the Illegal Curve Postgame Show. Thank you, and have a great rest of your morning. Peace. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.